All right, good morning, Central family. How are you? Fantastic. Great seeing you this morning. Um, as you saw, we're going to continue a series called That's a Great Question. Every week we look at either a cultural issue or a biblical topic, and we try to answer a question related to that. The, the purpose is twofold, threefold actually, but if you're a Christian, we want you to grow in your understanding of biblical truth. Uh, so you can share with people in your relational world what you believe from a biblical perspective. Uh, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, uh, our, our prayer is that these messages would bring you one step closer to a relationship with Christ. The question we're answering today is, is it ever okay to lie? Is it ever okay to lie? Let's pray. This morning, Lord, we, we approach your word with... Uh, a sense of, of reverence and, and humility, recognizing that this is your word, not ours. This is your will, not ours. And so we pray that we'd be, um, we'd be compliant with the scriptures this morning. We'd be mindful of your truth. Lord, this morning our hearts continue to be heavy as we consider the conflict in the Middle East. Uh, Lord, we, uh, in, in a complicated situation, don't know exactly how to pray. So we pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in that area of the earth as it is in heaven, that you would guide leaders, that you would guide generals, that you would guide civilians, Lord, that you would lead uh, those in that conflict in the paths of righteousness for your namesake. Uh, we pray, Lord, that you would uh, guide that area. And we pray all these things in Christ's name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, friends, do me a favor. Take out your Bibles. And turn to Matthew chapter 5. If you need a Bible, there's one probably in the seat in front of you or under the seat if you're up front. I'd really love for you to follow along in Matthew 5 in just a minute. And take out your phone. Take out your phone this morning because we're going to do a little anonymous survey here in just a second I'd like you to participate in. The Bible has a lot to say about lying. Lying is a sin. We, we know that. We understand that. Um, and yet all of us do it. At times, uh, we, we lie to our parents, uh, we lie to our teachers, we lie to our friends, we, we lie sometimes at work, uh, we even lie to our spouses. I want to I define lying, I want to be specific about what I'm talking about this morning. I want to define lying as um, saying something you believe to be false, saying something that you believe to be false. In other words, you, you know that it's not true. But you say it anyway, okay? Um, just some, some st statistics about, about dishonesty. A study by the University of Massachusetts found that on an average, people lie about 1.65 times per day. How they got that statistic, I don't know. But between one and two times uh, a day, we, we tend to not tell the truth. Um, another survey study found that 65% uh, of our lies are altruistic, or in other words, we don't want to hurt people. So either we don't want to hurt people's feelings, so we don't tell the truth, or we want to, we want to protect them. We, we don't want anything bad to happen to them, uh, consequences, and so we, uh, we don't share completely in a truthful way. A study done on a college campus found that, that, that college students lie to their best friends is it 28% of the time? 28% of the time. Now, I don't know how accurate these statistics are, but they create a baseline for us, don't they? And essentially they say, we're not always truthful. We don't always tell the truth. And you can, whatever relationship that is, there are times that we are, that we are dishonest. 
Okay. Take out your phone for a minute. I just want to see, see your, some of your thoughts on this. Okay. So if you, if you scan the QR code on the screen there, uh, you'll get a little pop-up and then click on that. And in just a second, you'll get your first question. Okay. So scan the QR code. This is anonymous. Teenagers, you don't have to worry about if you're sitting by your parents. This will be anonymous. No one will know. All right. Let's fire that first question up. You should be getting this first question. I agree with the statement, tacos are the greatest food ever created. Now, don't let your lead pastor influence your decision on this one, okay? Yes or no, I agree that tacos are the greatest food ever created. <clears throat> Group decides we should get 300 or so up there. We got, look at this, we got almost, yeah, we got 300 right now. <clears throat> Good for you. All right, what'd you come up with? <clears throat> no. I've been here 12 years. <laughs> what a poor teacher I am indeed. Okay, next question. Lying is always wrong. Agree or disagree? Lying is always wrong. Agree or disagree? You guys are, look at this, 350, still 360, good job. Well, we're gonna push 400. Okay, lying is always wrong. What did you say? Uh, most people disagree. Okay, uh, almost two-thirds of people say there are some situations when lying is okay. All right, next question. I have lied about my age or used a false ID. Where are you, college students? All right, how many of you have lied about your age at some point in time? Oh, more than half have not, you liars. Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. All right, next question. I have lied to my parents to avoid getting in trouble. It doesn't matter how old you are. You, you remember when you were young, okay? I lied to my parents to avoid getting in trouble. Yes or no? Go ahead. Yeah, thank you for being, thank you. <laughs> Only 4% lying in that group, okay. Okay. All right, next one. I have lied about my weight. All right, how many of you at some point have lied about your weight? Oh, okay. All right. All right, again, having some fun with this, but, but honesty is an issue in our culture. I, and those statistics I shared earlier, like how many of those were Christians versus non-Christians, just the world where, where there is maybe not as high of a standard for honesty as there would be in the church? I don't know. But the thing is, when it comes to rules and laws, we tend to be more concerned about what if than what is. Let me say that again. We tend to be more concerned about what if than what is. And what I mean by that is we are, we are more focused on the exceptions than we are the rule. 
So th there are speed limit laws. There, there are, are signs posted around town with speed limits, which are usually way too low. But they're, they're there because we're not supposed to <laughs> exceed that, right? And so, so we see the, the limit and immediately we say to ourselves, well, what if? What if my wife's in labor? Huh? Then what? Is it okay to go five, 10 miles over the speed limit? What if my child's been in an accident and I have to get there as quickly as I can? And so we, we focus more on the what ifs. Why is that? Because we don't like rules. We're, we're always trying to find ways to bend the rules. We're, we're always trying to find ways to get around the rules. We're, we're looking for loopholes in the rules. And what happens is that that was true with, with the Pharisees in Jesus' day. They had the law, they had the rules, but, but they continued to, to weaken the laws by coming up with all kinds of exceptions to the law. So, so they had the law of love, and, and they said that if you don't physically murder someone, you fulfill the law of love. And Jesus comes along and says, wait, what? If, if you... If you are angry and you say rude things to people, you violated the law of love. They, they had eliminated everything except physical murder in terms of that, that law of love. They did the same thing with marriage. They, they had created all sorts of loopholes in marriage to allow people to divorce. You could divorce for almost anything. Where, where divorce became the norm and marriage became the exception. And Jesus comes along and he has to straighten them out. And he has to do the same thing with honesty. In Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 33, Jesus says, you've also heard that our ancestors were told, you must not break your vows. Now a vow was a commitment to do something or not do something. I will do this or I will not do this. And you must carry out the vows that you make to the Lord. Jesus says, I say, it's better not to make any vows don't say, I, I swear or, I, or I, I, I promise by heaven because that's uh, God's throne. Don't, don't say, I swear by the earth. That's God's footstool. Don't, don't say, I swear by Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the city of the, of the great king. Don't even say, by my head, I'm swearing. Uh, for for you, can't, you can't turn one hair white or black. They were trying to find something greater than themselves to swear on. Much like our courtroom. You know, if you're a witness in court, what do you do? You lay your hand on the... On the Bible, and you say, I swear according to this, not, not just according to my character, but, but I swear according to, to the Bible. I, I make a promise I'm going to be faithful. And Jesus says in verse 37, forget all that. J just a simple, yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond that is of the evil. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, you, you, you've, you've said that if, I, if I'm under an oath, spiritual oath, or I, or I make a vow, then I have to be honest. Then I have to keep my word. Then, then I have to do what I said I would do. Then I have to keep my promise. But what if you're not under an oath? What if you're not under a vow? Then it, it's okay. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Here, here's the rule. The rule is truthfulness. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're under an oath or whatever. You just... Speak the truth. You are just honest. That's, that's the rule. Don't come up with all of these exceptions as to why you don't need to be truthful. Right? All right. So I want to ask the question this morning, why does truth matter? Or, or you could say, what's the big deal, Wheels? What's the big deal? 
We all do it. It's not, it's not harming anyone, right? Okay. That's not the question. That's not the rule. That might, that might be an exception in your mind. If it doesn't hurt anybody, then it's okay, right? But, but let's focus on why truth matters. And the first point is God is truth. God is truth. Jesus said this in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way. I am the what? Truth. And I am the life. I like what Randy Alcorn says about that verse. He says, he says this. Jesus didn't say he would show the truth or teach the truth or model the truth. He is the truth. Truth personified. He is the source of all truth, the embodiment of truth, and therefore the reference point for evaluating all truth claims. Jesus not only taught the truth, Jesus is the truth, which means God is truth. So morality, which is what is right and what is wrong, morality is determined by the nature of God. Not by what you think, not by what I think, not by my circumstances, not by the situations that come up in life. That's not what determines truth. God is truth. God's very nature determines what's right and what is wrong. So we have to look to the character of God to determine what's right. So scripture says God is love. Therefore, love is, excuse me, love is the moral rule, right? Scripture says God is just. Therefore, the moral rule that we live by is fairness. We are just and we are fair with people because, because of God's nature. That becomes the moral law for our lives. God is good. Therefore, the moral law or the moral rule becomes goodness. How do we treat people? With goodness. Why? Because that's been determined by the character of God. God is a moral agent, a moral being, and therefore who he is determines how we act. And God is truth. Therefore, the moral law is what? Truthfulness. That's what determines that. So we, we are to reflect the nature of God, our Father, in our lives. We're to reflect his nature in the world. Now, Jesus comes along in, in John chapter 8, and he says, Satan is a liar and the father of lies. God is truth. Satan is a liar and the father of lies. So the question is, who's your daddy? Right? Who's your daddy? Who, who, who are you reflecting more in your life? Father God, who is truth, or Satan, who is a liar and the father of lies. See, we are to reflect the nature of God who is truthful. The second thing I want you to understand is God only speaks what is true. Because God is truth, he only speaks what is true. So we would expect to see that in the scriptures, wouldn't we? And that's exactly what we see. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man, that, so, so he doesn't lie. He's not like us. He, he doesn't have sin in his life. He is not human, so he doesn't change his mind or repent on decisions he said. He has, has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Next scripture. Titus 1-2. This, this truth gives, gives them confidence that they have eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised them before the world began. Why do we have confidence that we have eternal life? 
because God said it through Christ. And if God said it, you can believe it because God only speaks what is true. God doesn't lie to us. Romans 3, 4. Of course not. Even if everyone else is a liar, God is what? True. He's different than us. As the scriptures say about him, you will be proved right in what you say and you will win your case in court. God always and only speaks what is true. And therefore, because we are to reflect his nature, that should be true of us. Why is that important? That God only speaks what is true because you, you can count on his word. He's reliable. He's trustworthy. When God says something, you can believe it. Is that true of our lives? Is our word reliable? Can people count on us? Are, are we faithful with what we say? As in the case of God, we can be, be confident and secure and put our trust completely in him because we know he is truth and he only speaks what is true. If, if God doesn't speak truth in something, I can't trust him in anything. If God lies in some area, I can't believe him in anything because how do I know if he's telling the truth? And unfortunately, that becomes our story. When we are dishonest, when we lie and people catch us in lies, pretty soon they're going, are you telling me the truth or not? Can I count on your word or not? We can count on God's word because he only and always speaks the truth. The, the third thing is God commands truthfulness. God commands truthfulness. He is truth. He only speaks what is true and he commands truthfulness. Let's look at the scripture. Exodus 26, the ninth commandment. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Now that was in like a court case where you were being a witness against somebody and you are, you are to tell the truth. You're not to bear a false witness or lie about what you saw or lie about what happened. Another text, for New Testament, Ephesians 4.25. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors what? The truth, for we are all parts of the same body. So, so what is God saying in these, in these verses? Truthfulness is the rule, not the exception. Truth is the rule that we follow. That's the moral rule that we follow. So we are not to lie. God doesn't lie, and we are not to lie. We are, we are to be truthful in what we say. The fourth thing I want to share with you this morning is that truth defines the nature of the church. Truth defines the nature of what the church is supposed to be. 1 Timothy 3, 14 and 15, Paul says to Timothy, I'm writing these things to you now, even though I hope to be with you soon, so that if I am delayed, you will know how people should conduct themselves in the household of God. This is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and foundation of what? Of truth. So we are to be a truth-filled community. We are, we are the foundation upon which truth Bears. We are, we are truth tellers. When, when we go into the world, uh, the community of faith, the community of Christ is supposed to be known for telling the truth. So last week, as I, as I shared a little bit about my story, I shared with you that I've struggled with alcohol and drugs in my past. Why, why stand up and say that? Because we are a community that's based on truth and authenticity. So that's part of my story. So I'm honest about that. A few weeks ago, a young lady named Jackie Muse, who attends Central here, shared in a video testimony that for 17 years, she was addicted to meth and got out of that. 
A few months ago, a young man named Junior Sanchez said that he had been physically abused by his father. And as a result of that abuse, he was a, a terrible dad and, and had to learn how to change and not be like his dad was toward him. The common denominator in all three of those stories was Jesus was the difference maker, amen? When all three of us found Christ, that, that changed the, the trajectory of our life and we found freedom in Jesus. But we as the church, we are a community of truth. I, I love what Miroslav Wolf says about this. He says, finally, participation in God's reign, God's reign means his kingdom. We as Christians are part of his kingdom. Involves not just an individual reorientation, but the creating and sustaining of a new kind of covenant community, the church, characterized in a pioneering way by the practice of truthful living and straightforward yet loving truth speaking. When you become a follower of Christ, when you become a part of his family, you, you take on the nature of your father and Jesus the son who always spoke the truth. So, so we as a community of people, we, we are to be people that are honest. So, so when, you, when you get into a life group, that's a, that's a small group community where you can share who you really are. You, you can share your flaws and your warts and, and your struggles in life, honestly, because that's the community that we're supposed to be. And the last thing I want to say about why truth is important is, is truth is necessary for spiritual maturity. Truth is necessary for spiritual maturity. What is spiritual maturity? What does it mean to grow in maturity? It means to become more like Jesus. We are to be conformed into the image and nature of Christ. Uh, as we grow on the continuum of spiritual maturity, it just means that we, we reflect Jesus more and more in our life. You cannot become spiritually mature. You cannot become like Christ and continue in a life of dishonesty. If you want to become like Jesus, one area of your life that has to change is this area of truth. You need to become a truth teller. So that's why truth is important. That's why, that's why it matters in our life. All right, so, so through history, there's been this debate among scholars. Um, are we only and always to tell the truth or does scripture seem to indicate there are some exceptions to when it's okay to be dishonest? And, and some scholars say absolutely not. Even, even, if, even if the worst consequences would follow being truthful, you need to tell the truth. Others say, nope, the Bible seems to indicate there, there are a couple of situations that could be exceptions to telling the truth. And, and the exceptions are, are these two things. One, in times of war, when you are dealing with spies or espionage, you're, you're in a conflict with another nation. Uh, you don't have to be honest and tell you know, where all of your troops are and all of that stuff. You can, you can not tell the truth in war. The other one is, is, is if you tell the truth, people will die. If you're honest about something, people will die. So the, the great example of that is, is World War II, Nazi Germany, when, when families were hiding Jews from the Germans. Now, Corrie ten Boom is an example of that. Germans would come to their door looking for people that were hiding Jews, and they would lie. They would say, no, we're not hiding anybody, and they had people in their basement. The idea was that you're, you're saving life by not being honest about the fact that you're trying to, to keep people there. So let's look at the two stories in scripture that give people the idea that, that maybe there's a couple of exceptions to this. One has to do in, in, in Exodus chapter one, when the Jewish midwives after Pharaoh had, had told them uh, to kill all of the Jewish male boys because he was trying to kill Moses, right? Okay, so let's read the story. Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives, Shipra and Puah. When you help the, the Hebrew women as they give birth, 
Watch as they deliver the baby. If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. But because the midwives did what? Okay, so that's the reason. Because they feared God. Because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders. They allowed the boys to live also, not just the girls. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives. He knew that they were letting the little boys live. Why have you done this, he demanded. Why have you allowed the boys to live? The he- they said to the king, the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. They are more vigorous and they have babies so quickly that we cannot get there in time. <laughs> really? So God was with the midwives, and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. And because the midwives did what? They feared God. He gave them families of their own. He blessed them. Now, again, you can debate, did they, did they lie? Were there some cases when the, when the Hebrew women maybe did give birth before they could get there? Probably. All the time? No. Okay, here's the thing. They're midwives. What do midwives do? They help birth babies. So they're, they're there at the time of birth, right? So we, we couldn't get there in time, really. I don't believe that. You, maybe you believe that. that that's fine. So some scholars say, no, they were, they were actually kind of telling the truth. Okay, the point here is they're trying to save lives. They, they were saving the lives of babies. And, and God blessed them for that, whether it was lying or not. The second thing is in war and the story of Rahab when the Jewish spies who went to spy out the the promised land came and stayed with her. Let's read that story. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from, I don't want to pronounce that word, "Go, go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute. Pastors try to say that differently. And it's not. Like, so I don't, I don't like, anyways. So... Shatim. No, it's not Shatim. Okay. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. Now remember, Israel was about to invade Jericho. Right? So we're in war because they have come out to spy the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said to the king, Pharaoh, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly, you might catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. She lied. She said that they left my house They hadn't left her house. They were still there. Go and chase them, follow them. And it says that Rahab's mentioned a couple times in the New Testament as being honored for her faith, that because she hid the spies and she believed that God was the true God, uh, therefore God saved her and spared her and her family. So there wasn't judgment and condemnation that came because she lied. Okay, so you can decide for yourself if there are those two exceptions to honesty. If the Bible allows for these two exceptions, one, in war, if you're being deceptive related to spies or captives or something like that. Two, if you tell the truth, somebody's going to die. Okay, so let's say we believe the exceptions, those two things. When does that happen in your life? 
When are you ever protecting spies? When do you ever face a situation where if I tell the truth, my friends are going to die? Now, maybe in the future that happens. Maybe, maybe in the future when there, there's more terrorist stuff or hostage situation, maybe we're in a situation then where if I tell where somebody is, they could die. Maybe you'll be in that situation. But how often right now are you in that situation? So, okay, those two exceptions. Everything else, tell the truth. <laughs> right? If those are the only exceptions, what's the rule? Truthfulness in every other situation. Truth matters. So I want to end this morning just by, by asking this question or saying this. Being truthful doesn't mean, one, that you never change your mind. Okay, so remember, remember, lying is saying something you know to be false. Well, what if you say something in the moment that you believe to be true, but later that changes, and your mind changes, your opinion changes, or your commitment changes? Does that mean that you lied? No, you have the right to change your mind. However, um, be careful about making promises. Be careful about making commitments that could be contradicted later if you want to be a person of truth. S say things like when, you, when someone asks you, will you do this or will you be there? Yes, unless things change. I I'm committed unless something changes. I, I will do my best to be there. I, I promise I'm going to do my best to get there or whatever it is to, to, to do what they're asking. Lord willing. Or Lord willing and the crick don't rise. Right? Remember that one? Raise your hand if you remember that one. Like six people. You're over 70 years old too. I, I know that right now. No, you're not. You're a little younger than that. Okay. Okay, be careful with your promises because you don't want to be the person that always promises, always promises, and never follows through. So just be careful with how you respond to a commitment. The second thing is being truthful doesn't mean that you must reveal every detail in the situation. Now, there are times, depending on the relationship, when we need to reveal details. Parents with children. If you need to, to know specifically what your child did, kids, you need to give up those details. Did you do this? Did you say this? You need to be honest. In that relationship with spouses, there's times we need to be completely uh, transparent. I need to know if you did this. I need to know if you said this. And we can't dodge that. So, so there are certain relationships. But, uh, but outside of that, wisdom allows us to not say everything. Wisdom allows us to conceal some things. And God allowed Samuel to do this. And I want to read this one last scripture this morning. Samuel was supposed to go and anoint David, the king of Israel. But he knew that if he went there to do that, King Saul would kill him. So here's what happened. The Lord said to Samuel, you have mourned long enough for Saul. I've rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil. Go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there. For I have selected one of his sons to be my king. Samuel realizes what's going to happen. Samuel said, how can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. God says to Samuel, okay then, take a heifer with you and, and, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Is that true? Yeah. God gave him another option here. Don't say you came to anoint the next king. Say you came to offer a sacrifice. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for king. And, and, and someone asked Samuel the question, and Samuel said, I've, I've come to offer a sacrifice. All right? Samuel's feeling like this could get really bad. Th this could escalate. And God said, okay, then just give this much information to them. Sometimes it's best to be truthful, but not create further conflict. 
I, I've been in conversations with people or in meetings where what's being said or the direction of the conversation is really frustrating me. And someone may say to me, you look mad. You, you look really frustrated right now, okay? And sometimes the best response is, I am mad because you're an idiot, right? <laughs> I mean, like I'm blown away that you're even saying things like this. Like that may, not, that may be truthful, that may be what I'm feeling, but that may, wisdom might say, don't, Jeff, don't say that. That, that might not be the best, best way to go about this. So, so I might need to say something like, you know what, I just, I need to process this a little more. I, I need to think through this a little bit, a little bit more. So I don't have to sh reveal everything that's in my mind at that moment. That might not be the wisest, truthful thing to do, right? We're obligated to tell people, we're not obligated to tell people everything that we're thinking. The last thing I want to say is this. Uh, being honest, being truthful doesn't mean you have to be carelessly blunt. Some of you are really good at this. In the name of truth, you just, you just rip people. Uh, here's what Paul says, Ephesians 4.29, don't let any unwholesome word, I'm sorry, um, Ephesians 4.15, indeed we will speak the truth, how? In love, honesty still requires a filter. Did some of you hear that? <laughs> honesty still requires a filter, a love filter that helps you not crush people, okay? Um, it's important to find a positive way to share things. Now, I want to say this. Some questions that people ask us are inappropriate questions, and we don't need to respond to those questions as they're asked. Does this dress make me look fat? That's an inappropriate question. Okay? Because you're forced to give a negative answer to a negative question, and you don't need to respond that way. So you can say things like, which I do to my wife, you know what, there, there's other styles that I like, I like better on you. I'm being truthful. Or you know what, that, that dress doesn't fit you as well as some other dresses that, that I like a lot better. So you find a way not to answer the inappropriate question, but find a way to be positive and to upbuild people. Um, a kid who says to his parent, you know what, I played terrible today, didn't I? Well, that's an inappropriate question. They're forcing you to agree with their negativity about what they did. Maybe a response is, you know what, you did some things pretty well. And there's other things you probably still need to work on. What, what do you think? How do you think you played today? L let them begin to talk about this. Don't say, yeah, you were awful today, right? That's not going to, or do you think our president is stupid? Like that's an inappropriate question. Because they're, they're putting you in a situation where you have to be, even if you agree with it, you, you have to be negative about that. So how about this? I would hate to have his job. It's a thankless, every decision he makes, half the nation disagrees with him. Or, or maybe I think he needs to be more in touch with people. Find a way to communicate with grace. All right. Truthfulness is supposed to be the rule, not the exception. Amen? It's the rule. The exception is limited to maybe war and when lives are at stake. We are, we are to reflect the nature of God who always speaks what is true and never lies. You know, we fear telling the truth because of the consequences that might come as a result. But we need to be truthful and trust God with the consequences. Are you living a lie right now? Are you caught in a, in a web of lies right now that maybe you need to come clean on with the Lord and maybe resolve with somebody else? Would you stand with me this morning? Let's pray. Lord, this morning we're grateful for your example of truth. Lord, help us this week to be mindful of what we say, 
to be mindful of not saying things we know are false, to consider the rule and not the exception. Help us this week, Lord, to reflect the nature of our Father and the reflection of his Son. Help us to be the church whose nature reflects truth. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. If you need prayer for anything this morning, we're going to have some folks up here to pray with you about any issue in your life. Don't leave until you get prayer this morning. God bless you.